Aloha Maui Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Burkhart. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. Solar Coaster, where are we? Episode 110. 110. Episode 110 here. This is a, a pretty cool episode. This is kind of part of our series on financing, on talking about uh, how money plays a role in solar and people can get access to different basically, kinds of basically loans. Basically how to get solar. <laughs> yeah, how to get solar, how to pay for solar. How to pay for it. Yeah. So this is with a, a really cool fella, CEO of Mosaic. Uh, his name is Billy Parrish. And, uh, you know, we met Billy, uh, what, about a year or two ago. We were kind of working on this for a while now. Yeah, that was um, where we were, Vegas. Uh, Vegas. SPI. So solar a year, Power International. Yep, yep, yeah, long time ago. Uh, literally just bumped into him on an escalator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since went out and met his uh, his team over. And I didn't know who he was. You're like, hey, I know that guy. Well, actually, I didn't know right away because it was like we were on the escalator. We're coming up from the Aloha party, which was the theme that that year. This was mm-hmm. not this year, but the previous year. You're the only ones and, that didn't um, had to go out and buy shirts. We had our Aloha shirts on, obviously. And then, <laughs> and then as we're going up, you know, we bump in, start chatting with them, kind of just having a friendly chat. And then we walked away, and I looked at his card, and I go, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 I know who that guy is. <laughs> And so, uh, and, and Billy is, a, you know, a bit of an activist, and he's done some amazing things over his life, and then he, now he's leading one of the dominant, if not the dominant, residential solar financing outfit in the country. Right, right. And, that's, and the interesting thing about solar financing specifically is that, you, like, a traditional home loan won't touch it. It was just too new, too weird. Um, I mean, if you want to re-roof your house, sure, we'll talk to you, and you can get a loan from your bank or traditional lender. You mean like a HELOC or something? Yeah, yeah. But, but you can't do that stuff with solar and certain battery and stuff like that and it's just it's n- no easy way to get a loan a home loan toward it yeah certainly in the beginnings right yeah it's kind of it, now it's things, things are certainly now. changing yeah um but he I, it was it, you'll hear this in the in the episode and the, what we did here but i mean you know he's his organization has been there at kind of the pain points throughout the arc of uh, the, the right. needs and for we're, and we're gonna hear all, about, all that. about that so super cool so that's uh billy Parrish show with mosaic let's we'll really uh, get a lot out of that i think so and one really cool thing towards the end of the show today we're going to ch- get a chance to talk a little bit about the tesla solar roof this and is something this that, is real yeah this is real information uh finally coming out v3 uh, almost spec sheets yeah <laughs> sure right? sure uh but i mean it's something everybody always asks us, us about what's up with the tesla roof i mean tesla has all this amazing branding everybody knows sure. tesla power the, the home battery like the tesla power wall well, you, there are so many other home batteries and tesla's the only one i ever hear anybody mention. people like to talk about I mean, tesla. people like to talk about it and uh, so we're, we actually but have we a actually comparison have, a cost right. comparison between a conventional uh, we got access to a quote and it's an yeah. electric article we're going to hear about that towards the end of the show so stay tuned say stay tuned for that at the end okay yep. so time for our housekeeping what do you say let's go Okay, folks, we are the Solar Coaster, a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kauai 1110 AM, also on 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Got a website, solar-coaster.com. Website is going to be refreshed soon. Yay. We're, we're in, actually in negotiation with people to get this done. <laughs> a lot of talented people. <laughs> yep. Uh, but you can listen live on the website. You can actually, oh, pardon, you can uh, sign in and look at our live stream. Right now, we are on YouTube, uh, so you can go and actually jump in the studio with us. Uh, but more to the point, we have all our old shows, and I talk about this a lot. But we've, I mean, if we've 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 talked about pretty much everything that's out there in renewable energies by now, with a, with a two years of shows under Usually our belt. question marks. But <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, no, I mean a lot of it. I mean, we eventually come to to some kind of understanding, or maybe you can too. Uh, go through any particular topic that you're interested in we have a show about it and it's all on the list yeah. so just go into the podcast tabs uh and the other really important thing is of course if you have a question for us specifically you want to know about the solar roof you want to know something about it you want to know who a good vendor is on island um shoot us a note uh you can actually do on any page there's a little send a message to solar coaster mm-hmm. so just fill fill that out and uh, we'll get your message and get your uh, question on the air Absolutely. We're also available on podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. I'll carry the solar coaster. Just uh, tell Siri to run solar coaster podcast, and it'll pop right up. There you go. And I didn't didn't say hey. You're so (laughs) kind to everyone, Jay. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we got some great sponsors. Uh, Kept the solar coaster on the air for over two years. Sundrum Solar. Pantech Design and LG Chem, all companies doing really cool things in the space. This is the call-in show. If you'd like to catch us in news and events, 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. Let's jump over to our Pantech Design Minute. Pantech Design Minute, security. 
The security of your family and your home is always the most important thing on your mind, especially when an emergency strikes. With most standard security systems, when the power's out, you're vulnerable. But with a home battery and Pantex Adapt System Keeping Watch, you can rest easy knowing you're safe. Imagine, a typhoon hits and the power goes out. Adapt leaps into action, doing all the normal things it does, turning off unnecessary appliances, turning on but dimming lighting for safety and visibility, but now also locking doors, turning on motion sensors, and reporting to you when security events take place. What good is a security system if it doesn't function when you need it most? In this new era of home energy automation, Pantech Design's ADAPT system helps you protect the most important things in your life, your home and family. Pantech's ADAPT system is compatible with a wide range of security equipment. For more information, visit PantechDesign.com. So we got, um, that's Pantech. Pantech Design, there we go. There we go. Got that cool <laughs> music coming down. So Pantech Design, um, you know, we are moving into hurricane season, aren't we? Yes, we are, um, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and so it'll be, um, you know, solar batteries and their accompanying equipment or lack thereof will start to have their opportunity to be um, utilized. And, yep. you know, we see these uh, articles. Uh, Tesla has its kind of storm preparedness uh, uh, capabilities for Powerwall and other, other vendors, other technology have these kind of software strategies but, there's, but there's the only one that has this integration with smart house equipment yep. is really sewn in presently yep. and uh, its relationship with adapt and pantech design and crestron and, yeah, and it's, all that it's really pantech design that makes that happen that whole adapt system that just interfaces between the battery and the rest of all your smart home stuff uh best thing on the planet for for doing that right now super you cool can't, you, you can't do it any other way super cool okay <laughs> so there you go Let's get started with our news and events. All right. So um, you want to jump over to Global right away, Jay? Absolutely. So right away, uh, Utility Dive has a article about renewable energy prices keep falling. When do they hit the bottom is the question. And the whole article is, is really just about um, how year over year we see these, these prices dropping and dropping and dropping. I talk about the thresholds that we've seen uh, us kind of passing at this point where we have, um, how do you say it? Instead of building a new coal-fired power plant, for example, it's actually cheaper to build a new solar power, even with storage sure. installation, a large utility-scale plant. You know, it can be extremely cheap. Um, and the same thing with wind. We actually, wind is actually a little cheaper than solar, but solar's ca catching up. Uh, and then the second threshold, of course, is, is when it's cheaper to build a new solar plant than even continue to running your, your existing coal or oil-fired uh, power plants. Um, and we're, we're still kind of in that gray zone where those projects don't necessarily make sense. If you have a coal-fired power plant, it may still be cheaper to run it than investing in new, um, new solar. But there's a lot of conversation about if it keeps coming down, how many years is it going to be before it really is much cheaper and it doesn't make sense to even run these things anymore? And then um, where's the bottom? Well, if it keeps getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper, where's the bottom? Well, uh, you know, uh, this, there's a graph at the bottom here from mm -hmm. Dan Witten of SIA, uh, right? Solar yep. Energy Industry Association. Yep. And it, it, it shows uh, a variety of renewable energy technologies and their pricing over time. Yep. And so, you know, bioenergy, geotherm, hydro, so, solar photovoltaic, concentrated solar power, offshore wind, offshore. And a lot of this is down in the uh, going down towards the two cents less, even one cents, right? Yep. Um, yep. For per uh, USD per kilowatt hour so it's kind of a cool chart we love these type of infographics that's 10 cents by the way is that yes. is that 10 cents yes 10 oh cents. my bad point point one of a dollar <laughs> thank, thank you for the correction appreciate it okay yep. so uh getting down uh, lower and lower that would make more sense right yeah so um but yeah even there even when you start looking at some of these these numbers here you can see that they are far as far even looks like south of a nickel right yeah, absolutely. And but the, it's the curve that that really throws you. It's it's literally just this cliff that it's dropped off of. And that's only talking about between 2010 and 2018. Mm -hmm. So this, that's the data that they're actually using. Um, I'd like to say that it's going to keep dropping because we have things like your printable panels. 
Well, what are the component <laughs> costs? I mean, you have we've had some conversations with some of the uh, utility scale providers that are out here putting in uh, solar and their costs sure. to do that. And you know, it, it, in, a, in an environment like Hawaii, I'll tell you what, costs are not dropping as quickly as we'd like them to. Uh, the the price per uh, kilowatt hour that was awarded to these systems was pretty low. It was like in between seven and eleven for solar plus storage, mm-hmm. which set some precedent around the the country, as I understand it. But um, generally speaking, the cost to put these things in are pretty still pretty expensive, especially here. Labor is going to be the most expensive line item, but we are, as, as a species, uh, getting as an industry, getting pretty good at this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We know I mean, how to we know how to put down a whole lot of rack. We know how to put this thing. We know how to do it efficiently. We know how to get it from A to B. I mean, they're they're getting really good at it. It's funny. I was just running some numbers on it. It didn't feel that way, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I can tell you, it does. Uh, we are seeing uh, reduced costs. You know, another thing that occurs to me brif- briefly is when we started talking about uh, energy storage being a critical component of this. As it grows, mm-hmm. energy storage is more and more important, right? As we get more and more renewables, yep. and uh, we keep talking about the price per kilowatt hour, but we're starting to see these kind of alternative ideas about getting large scale energy, specific uh, large scale storage, specifically Boris uh, von Bormann, former CEO of Sonin, uh, had talked to us about what six mo- nine months. Ago now at SPI mm-hmm. 2018, saying, "Hey, you know, eight years down the road, because of the EV the electrification of transportation revolution, mm-hmm. there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, EVs with with plenty of battery life that are with those storage that's written off their books, looking for a home. They're going to yeah. charge those guys if they don't get a place, place to put that. So if we can put that to use in the in the renewable energy space, which is possible, right? Uh, we could find out that storage prices go down considerably. There's yeah. like a uh, more of a circular economy, I guess. Or yep. does that make sense? So yep. there you go. And we are, we have an article about that specific concept coming up in just a bit. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Forbes is talking about Dubai. Dubai loves to do things over the top. And Dubai joins the race to develop offshore solar power plants. Um, this is all about the um, the Persian Gulf. Uh, they have a bunch of lots of oil rigs, pumping hydrocarbons, et cetera, et cetera. But now they're investing in a large portion into getting renewable energies. Dubai is saying 75% by 2050, I believe. Um, so they're, they're, they're not going for the 100% goal, but they still want to get a lot of their power from some kind of renewable technology. And they're putting out a request for experts to advise them on how to do offshore, so photovoltaics, the, the, mm. the floating uh, f- boats of, of solar panels out there. Uh, the interesting thing is you had talked a couple of shows about, back about um, photovoltaics would be on reservoirs and, mm-hmm. and inland lakes and small bodies of water. This is ocean going. Oh, check that out. So... What's the I'm, size of it? Do I'm, they say here? I can't quite they, find they it. Do, they don't say. Yeah. They, they're not talking. This is literally they're looking for requests for advice on it. My advice is don't. <laughs> <laughs> ocean. Not, on, not ocean. on the ocean. The ocean is not a nice thing to be on when, mm. when it does decide to get stormy. That uh, sounds pretty That sounds pretty sci-fi to me. You know, the, it, the yeah. notion of being able to – I mean, are we talking about kind of tethered islands of solar that are, that are you know, uh, out, out completely d- separate from the land and they're, they're, they can kind of – Move break around. break away and go somewhere. I mean, yeah, it's because <laughs> there's these ideas are floating around. <laughs> ah, nice. uh, yeah, but uh, so there you go. Okay, well, Dubai. Uh, keep an I, eye on that. I, I'm certainly curious to see what the experts say. I'm not an expert, but I mean, I, I grew up in an ocean town, seaside town, and um, it, it's, just think about old sailing vessels. You know how many just got dashed on the rocks. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and in, 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 a, in a climate where we're dealing with more and more severe storm events. It just doesn't seem like a good idea to me. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, the the notion of, of, well, you have offshore wind. Mm-hmm. So they're probably thinking along the lines of, hey, this is working for wind, which is a completely different type of uh, system and technology. But, uh, you know, could, I guess the question is, can it be developed? And yeah. can it be developed safely? So well, offshore, offshore wind is, is built, just pushed into the bedrock, though. I mean, it, that's grounded somewhere. Sure. They're not talking about grounding. They're talking about floating a lot of little boats around. <laughs> All right. Right. Or maybe not. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible that they go out there and build well, giant the, racks across that, the top of the ocean. That's the first time then, we've heard that, right, yeah. in the ocean. Yeah. We've seen it in, like, in Singapore, a lot in a of, bay, yeah, they're lakes, doing it. They've flooded old, coil, old coal, uh, coal mine yeah. areas, like strip mine coal areas. they flooded them and then used that for, for PV. Um, all sorts of crazy stuff. But, this is, yeah, this is the first time I've actually seen somebody saying they're going to put it in the ocean. <laughs> Just chuck it out there past okay. Jaws. Everybody will love that. Yeah, right. All right. So, <laughs> hey, what, do we, what what's going on in the tariff world? 
Tariffs, uh, something we always love to talk about, tariffs. Um, unfortunately, India has lost its exemption. Oh, this is um, kind of a roundabout. They've, they've been doing, uh, a lot of companies have been doing uh, what do they call them? supply chain gymnastics uh, to get things <laughs> yes through uh, through different com- countries China has been targeted for a long time um, mm-hmm. because they were they were selling panels extremely cheaply US uh, vendors complained uh, they got a tariff on, on imported modules mm-hmm. from China uh, they Chinese manufacturers moved to like Vietnam and Malaysia and stuff and right. so those countries got got um, what tariff added to the tariff list and now india is the latest um casualty <laughs> i well, guess we were having a, con- a conversation with someone about the prospect of of, of con- companies transshipping modules through mm-hmm. through non-tariff uh countries and I, I hadn't heard anything about that but someone did bring <laughs> up that there were certain exempt parties that were trying to sell panels and had been kind of caught and recently there was someone that got pinged in europe right at mm-hmm. inner solar yep who was it there was a group that got pinged I, and uh, when i say pinged i mean arrested yeah, <laughs> but yeah. for um for selling panels at below a certain set rate which sounds like a similar well there was a, there was a, there's an eu threshold i think it was specific to germany that there is a minimum panel uh cost mm. set by by the government and so they they had written some quotes that were cheaper than that and they got themselves in trouble so that that so, ha- that happened, but that's a diff- that's a very different okay. issue. This is this is specifically, I mean, people moving manufacturing facilities. They actually would set up new fan manufacturing in Malaysia and start yeah. start manufacturing and building in Malaysia. So that's the panels are from Malaysia, right? But it's owned by a Chinese conglomerate. So there's that kind of thing. Now, Indian. I bet you the cells are made somewhere else. Probably that's I'm certainly sure that's certainly assembled. possible, and and that that's kind of the tariff is also on cells alone, so they couldn't do that. Like they oh. they'd opened the factory in Ohio um, mm. because they wanted to get around around the tariffs, yeah. but they couldn't import the cells specifically right. because that's what they wanted to do. And just just do final assembly, assembly final assembly here. Um, okay, okay. So tariff that type games. of stuff. But tariff yeah, tariff games. games are fun. Uh, but India is on the list now. Uh, the other interesting thing, though, this is, is now um, bifacials are double sided panels. These are the beautiful ones that you see. Uh, every once in a while, <laughs> not enough. More but and more. More, more and more. And and after this, it's going to be quite a quite a bit more. Uh, I think uh, Maui Brew has some out yeah, in front of the building. Got, well, so if they're you actually see what they not look bifacials. They're, they're Lumos. Uh, they're 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 just top facing, but they're the mm-hmm. transparent back sheet. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's Which, two panes. But yeah. you know, they, I was sitting in the, under them the other day and kind of and thinking how cool they were. And those were the first ones I think we had seen in Maui. At least I had seen in Maui. Right. So the Lumos, yeah. Yeah, but they are they are double sided panels essentially. So you get reflected light off your back, uh, off the backing behind it, and then uh, it will accept light from both sides and it gives you a little bit of a boost it's not like 200 percent it's not anything close to that in fact they're still working on how to model Mm -hmm. this whole bifacial concept but bifacial panels are exempted from the 25 percent trade tariff which is fantastic yeah well what why uh that's kind of one of the one of the big questions is is is, um are are they uh is it because they're just too niche or because they are a nice um high-end product uh, well, I, I don't generally, know, but generally I can tell spe- you Generally speaking, the bifacial panels I've seen are higher-end products. These are not dumping well, cheap oh, panels sure. type of conversation, but, which is what tariffs are meant to protect against. Well, here's the thing. You have uh, a lot of utility-scale uh, projects going in, and mm-hmm. you're, they're thinking about the, um, the, the, the drawdown of the federal tax credit from 2019 to 2020, and then there's this safe harbor mm-hmm. uh, mechanism that allows you to get started and buy your, buy your equipment and then kind of preserve that full 30% federal tax credit mm-hmm. that's going on in these large uh, large large projects all around the country and so if they if they can now say oh wait we can switch to bifacials and and insulate ourselves from that from tariffs and then in addition to saving you know the, the ITC stagger down then i think that makes those projects potentially a lot more profitable and also probably could bolster a lot of you know uh, like a switch over saying oh i'm going to switch from monos to bifacials now because i'm going to get a couple yeah. different gains here i'm going to insulate any- myself from the if it's available mm-hmm. is the production capacity there uh, you know, well, a couple factories have come online for sure, uh, so that that certainly exists. Um, but one of the things that's actually finally come around is we do have some real-world modeling. Uh, in fact, yeah. a couple large utility-scale projects have actually finished, uh, actually operating for the first couple of years. They know what in real-world conditions kind of boost they're going to get from bifaciality, right. Right. and they're act- they've actually gone back to refinance 
mm-hmm. against it because now they have doing greater energy out, greater energy output. They know what it's going to be. They can bank on it, and they're getting a lower uh, interest rate get, off that, of that. Yes. That's interesting. Yes, it's just getting better, right? It's getting more and more dialed in. You have like if you have predictive weather capability patterns, and you see that coming in, and, and you, at the same time you're able to predict the albedo and the bifaciality. You're able to get more and more energy out of you know same type of equipment, make better returns. Yep. It's uh, it's getting more and more uh, like uh, you know predictable and kind of financeable. Very good stuff. So okay, that is our geek section. Yeah. Um, you want to jump over to fun go, stuff? Let's go right to Rivian. Yeah. Um, Rivian. Who knows Rivian. what Rivian is? So Rivian is the uh, big electric truck. Uh, company that we pick up truck that we talked about a couple many shows ago <laughs> that we, that we <laughs> scooped ago. from the yes. rest of the world yes, yes, by having on, them on, when they were at the LA Auto one, Show on day one we had before them on a the single show. interview was done yeah, you're, so proud of, this, you're so proud of yourself. I am proud of that <laughs> 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 but Rivian, Rivian is used repurposing their electric vehicle batteries for a microgrid in Puerto Rico which is fantastic. Uh, it is not like in perpetuity. I, I originally, when I read this, I thought that's really cool. They're, they already yeah. planned for the further used batteries because that's one of the biggest questions. We have all these EVs coming out, but in 10 years down the road, when they're all not, Eco they don't, they don't have enough them all up. oomph, that's a conversation, absolutely. I mean, any of these places, home batteries are a, a tr- pr- tremendous example. And there's actually a company in uh, the UK, I believe, who is trying to buy up all the used uh, Nissan Leaf batteries specifically for that, because you don't need that massive oomph all all at once to um, power a home battery. You need it for the car because you're moving a ton and a half of metal and people and whatever else for two tons. from zero to 60 it needs it needs a lot of power really really quickly your home doesn't run that way it's generally a pretty flat line mm-hmm. there's, there's mm-hmm. kind of a spike when you turn on the ac or, or maybe the hot water heater or something like that and you can exempt that from the battery even if you wanted to but um just being able to use these batteries in a different giving them a second life uh is absolutely fantastic concept so they're donating all the ev batteries that they've been using during um their testing and um production from the from the car yeah it's kind of an example, right? Okay, so it's like an opportunity for it to be an example of what we could see forward. Mm-hmm. But I mean, one thing, real fast. If you're thinking about getting your batteries for free one day, or even a company paying you to take it, that's a whole different ballgame. On the other side of it, there's the value. They're, they're going to have value. Right? I think you're going to have to pay for it. Oh, very good. <laughs> okay, well, we didn't get through uh, 80% of what we wanted to get through. No, of course not. So is it time to uh, head over to our commercial break and yeah, come absolutely. back with Mr. Billy Parrish from Mosaic? Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. Unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Resu battery. All right, those were our lovely, uh, wonderful sponsors that have kept the solar coaster on air. We're really fortunate today to have a, uh, a maverick of uh, solar financing and uh, an activist and a great guy, Billy Parrish from Mosaic with us. Welcome to the solar coaster, Billy. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're really excited to talk to you and hear all about your background and, and what you're up to out there at Mosaic these days. I had a chance to uh, sit down with uh, some members of your team uh, about a month ago, Jay, or something like that when I was out I in think California. I it was more than that. <laughs> and, uh, man, great guys, great atmosphere, really cool uh, environment you have there. You know, really you kind of said a lot about kind of the, the company you, you, you all have built there. 
Thank you. Okay. I love our team. Yeah. So uh, let's just start right at the beginning, uh, Billy. Why don't you give us a sense of who you are, your background, kind of like how you've got found yourself in this position, you know, as a, as a leader in the renewable energy industry? Yeah. So I grew up in New York City, uh, born to two lawyers, uh, uh, one of whom was uh, financing. Uh, or, let me start again. Um, uh I grew up in New York City uh, and got passionate about clean energy and climate change in high school. I read a book called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn, which was my like waking up moment, realizing the ecological crisis that we face as a civilization and spent the next couple of years as a student activist kind of trying to figure out how I could best have impact on uh on on the the set of issues and uh spent a summer in india working on um uh community forestry actually visiting different uh community forestry projects and ended up traveling to the source of the ganges up in the himalayas and uh went with some climate scientists who were studying the glacier and what was happening because of climate change. And they showed me how quickly the glaciers were retreating up there because of climate change and told me that the source of drinking water for 500 million people was uh, at risk. Um, Just in India, and then you look across the whole Himalayan plateau, which is the source of uh, most of the major rivers throughout Asia, uh, all of which is at risk because of climate change. And so that for me was the moment of no turning back. I said, I need to do something about this. Uh, Ended up dropping out of college and have been working for the last 20 years to uh, try to solve climate change by creating positive ways for people to be involved in the solution. That's so. So this was on your radar for quite some time. Yeah. 20, 20 years ago. I'm trying to think if twenty years ago, if if I was thinking about climate change, I, I don't know that I was. Uh, you know, it started to come into the general you know public kind of mindset certainly over the last decade. But twenty years ago, that's pretty early. So you got you, you, you go out to India, you spend some time. You're talking about glaciers. This is way before Al Gore started talking about it. Yeah, right. right. No, this is <laughs> right. A, and, it, and it's pretty. It's got to be a pretty stark example for them to be pointing it out. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's <laughs> that's when. a that's that's a that's amazing. So okay, so you get it. You get. You, it's also kind of interesting, I think, Billy. This time right now, because you as a young person, what were you about? In, like. 18 17 or something? if 17, I do the math 18? right. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty young. Yeah. That's pretty young. And now we also right now in the public kind of sphere we're talking a lot about is it Greta Thornburg or mm-hmm. what's her last name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the young woman, young young uh, girl, Judy Dion. And and she's a, uh, you know, young, yeah, I think young people are becoming kind of really activated if I can yeah. use that term yeah. right I've, now. I read a climate. I read a comment up the other day is this this is the most you've seen like activist demonstrations and stuff since the protests of the Vietnam War. Really? really? Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so that's uh so you were a little ahead of your time there. So how did it go from that point on? I mean how did you find yourself in a position where you're you're leading industry? Well, so after uh, after I uh, dropped out of college, I started organizing young people and we ended up building the largest membership organization in the world at the time focused on clean energy and climate change solutions and uh, grew that and then I saw all of these young people who wanted to build a career solving climate change Mm -hmm. and got passionate about the idea of green jobs and thought how do I apply what I've learned to about engaging people, using uh, uh, software and technology to empower people to be part of the solution. And so I teamed up with uh, one of my closest friends, Dan Rosen, to start Mosaic. And the first version of Mosaic was a crowdfunding platform for solar in your community. And Mm. we... Uh, spent a lot of time working with lawyers to figure out uh, how to make that possible because, yeah. you know, a lot of people have been trying to figure it out. And we found a couple different regulatory pathways that 
made it possible for anybody to directly invest in a solar project and uh, 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 over the period of a, uh, a couple of years raised over $20 million from 4,000 investors all uh, across the country in solar projects. And, uh, you know, it was incredibly exciting and, and really the first. Wow. Yeah, so more, uh, more of a community solar kind of approach, though, where you're buying yes, pieces of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Unfortunately, the the regulations around crowdfunding uh, didn't evolve in the way that we hoped that they would. So about six years ago, we shifted the business to uh, raising institutional capital, uh, issuing bonds, building mm-hmm. partnerships with credit unions and banks to finance solar loans. And we're really the first player to uh, create a 20-year <laughs> solar loan product uh, that didn't exist before Mosaic. Uh, we were the first to bring a technology-oriented lending solution so somebody who wants to go solar can, in a couple minutes, see the different loan products that are available, uh, get approved for a loan, sign the loan documents, all in a couple-minute process. So. We brought this solution and built partnerships with solar installers across the country to enable people to own their own power. Right. Uh, prior to Mosaic, the market was mostly leases and PPAs where people are continuing to pay for electricity coming from solar that somebody else owns. And we've helped to create a solution where uh, contractors can empower homeowners to own their own solar electricity and uh, generate um, clean power and save money. Uh, so it's been a really exciting journey. And uh, a couple of years ago, we added on to that vision uh, a set of loan products to finance really any kind of home improvement. So we're now financing a lot of home energy storage, so batteries, mm-hmm. Uh, HVAC systems, roofing, windows, doors, um, uh, home automation. So really anything people need to bring their home to 100% clean energy, modern, awesome home. Nice. <laughs> this is great. You know, it's, it's interesting, uh, Billy, from the perspective of someone who's been in the installation business for about a decade, I can really, I feel the pain points that you've been solving. Mm-hmm. So I remember trying to do some certain CNI projects at certain sizes. There's something called a donut hole in the industry, right? Where it's very yeah. difficult to find financing. And you're sitting there, you're looking at this wonderful opportunity, tremendous savings. You're looking at enthusiastic clients. You're looking at even a gateway of utility and county permitting right in front of you, and you can't find the money for it. And that, right. that, that's like, and as an installer, you're sitting there going, geez, I wish I was, I wish I had the skills to do that, you know, create that solution. <laughs> and you did it, so thank you. And then mm-hmm. um, moving forward, you start talking about 20-year lending you know 20-year that that provides positive cash flow for a homeowner for ownership of your solar system right yep. so the, the ability to have that mechanism in place was huge for a while there i remember in the beginnings of nam in, in hawaii you know it was you know lo- lens, loans were you know kind of few and far between you had a couple of five well, or nobody, seven year nobody loans knew available. what it was so why were they going to yeah. lend against photovoltaics what are you <laughs> right. talking about right. but then right. you, you know also once again now I, I, and when you said you brought that online post kind of the the leasing uh time period i suspect this is around 2014 or 15 when yep, that was happening right. right and that was a really critical role because why wouldn't you want to own it if you could a lot of people mm-hmm. could take advantage of tax credits just you know they just they, they, they like that positive cash flow of the of the uh the, the leasing that they would get so yeah. then you move that's another innovation that you've another pain point you solved and now you're talking about one being one of the first funders for storage that was a huge pain for us for a long time trying yeah. to get storage financed in a post nem world here in hawaii yep. we're sitting here going hey people want batteries people we have a utility and a county pathway to do this, um, but you know, no one will finance it. So they, of course, Billy pops out of the woodwork and gets yep. us a loan on, on escalator. <laughs> and says, hey. Thank you very much again, again. Jeez, that's the, so that's you solving pain points over the industry over the years in an industry that has been, you know, it's an innovative uh, industry with a lot of challenging things. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Hawaii right now, in a sense. So this, it, uh, when I was sitting down with your your um, your team, who I thought were just amazing people, by the way, and mm-hmm. you know, we're sitting there in, in that really cool office in Oakland, overlooking the uh, lake. And then um, 
Now, they were talking about different markets throughout the country. So we, he, one of your uh, your staff members, I forget his name right now, but he had referred to Hawaii as a vanguard market. And so all these things are happening out here where we have storage being integrated. We have new technologies. You know, there's the opportunity kind of, kind for... Kind of semi-unique utility programs. Yeah, yeah. unique utility <laughs> programs. There's there's the opportunity to do things like we were just in, uh, you know, at Sonin over in, Ger in Germany mm -hmm. looking at a, a linear uh, hot water heater that could be integrated to a battery <laughs> system. So I can see you being maybe one of the first guys to to put together lending for that. What do you see happening in these Vanguard markets? And then also, what do you see happening in the these new emerging markets across the country? Yeah. So it, it's fascinating to see the market develop. And every month, there's another one or two states where all of a sudden it makes economic sense for people to go solar okay. uh, because they are saving money day one and locking in flat uh, electricity payments over a long period while utility rates continue to rise three to five percent year after year. So, uh, you know, we've seen Illinois, uh, uh, Ohio, um, uh, Idaho, uh, uh, you know, become really hot markets. Um, Texas, uh, uh, a year or two ago, started gaining a ton of momentum. Um, so, you know, these places where you wouldn't necessarily think of them as, as the, you know, hotbeds of solar are becoming really uh, strong markets where, um, you know, a lot of companies are coming in and trying to uh, help uh, satisfy the demand that's, that's emerged in these markets. You know, Hawaii, I think, is, uh, is probably a vanguard market in that I think it looks like what many of the rest of the states are going to look like in coming years where solar is paired with a battery and uh, the whole grid is uh, supported by not only distributed solar but distributed storage so that it can op operate as a smart grid. I mean, this is mm -hmm. what the grid is supposed to look like uh, with lots of distributed, resilient, clean resources to provide power um, uh, long-term, you know, cheap, uh, cheaply and, and sustainably. Yeah, you know, we're seeing uh, something like 80% of all PV permit pulls are integrating storage at this moment in Hawaii, which I find remarkable. And then there's, you know, when we start thinking, I'm, I'm hearing something like 20 or 30 percent. Is that is that true in, in California? Like there's there's a lot more. That's know, right. Is that that big? That's, that's amazing because it's just, there's so much going on out there. Mm -hmm. um, that's right. So and then, you, of course, you if you're if you're putting in PV now, it kind of makes sense to do something battery ready because we're, and we're just starting to see the kind of uh, what do they call it? Value stacking, I think, is the term. The idea yep. of all these different grid services and these ancillary kind of revenue streams. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this quantified like this morning or last night when I was running through news and events, they're starting to actually quantify over a set period of time the value of, you know, value stacking. What could, what could those revenue streams equal in a, in a, in a system? Mm -hmm. There's so much going on. I mean, do you, we're at 2 million uh, installs nationwide. That was big news, right, Billy, uh, just recently. Yep. What do you think going forward? It took us something like 30 or 40 years to get from, you know, the early days of PV up through 1 million installs, and then it was something like, I don't know, two or three years or something to get it, 2 million installs. Am I, am I, am I right around the, the numbers? And so as you move forward, what do you see happening? I mean, what are your thoughts here? Is is Are we going to see just a massive boom in rooftop? Are, are, and also, I'm really interested to know how people are, what kind of people are buying rooftop in Texas? Are, is it everybody? Are you seeing different demographics come in and say, hey, this makes sense for us for this, you know, the same reasons or different reasons? I mean, what's going on? Yeah. So one of my favorite things about solar is that it seems to uh, appeal to everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you see a survey after survey where, you know, all uh, shapes, sizes, colors, creeds, uh, political uh, preferences uh, uh, love solar. Uh, it, it, it sort of works for everybody. Um, so, um, uh, you know, the forecasts that I uh, see are that we are going to go from 2 to uh, 14 million solar homes uh, over the next decade. Oof. And, uh, you know, you think about 2.6 people per household on average and you think about uh, a group of 
solar workers growing from 250,000 to 600,000 over the next decade. And, you know, you get into a, a, a zone where there are almost 40 million people who are either living in solar homes uh, or are solar families. They, they work in the industry and, yeah. you know, are generating a meaningful part of their income from solar and, you know, that's a big part of the population. So did, did you ever yeah, think that that was something that was possible? Sorry to interrupt you. Did you think that that when you're sitting on that uh, in that glacier up in uh, in, <laughs> in the, the 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 mouth of the or the beginning of the Ganges, did you ever think that something like that would be possible twenty years down the road? Or yeah, I uh, I wasn't uh, I, I didn't know it was possible, um, and so th- things are just taking on uh, uh, a life of their own. You know the. The industry is growing so quickly. Um, you know, we're not only at getting to a point where solar is the cheapest new energy technology to build, but it's actually cheaper to build new solar technology than it is to operate existing fossil fuel power you, plants. You, you've been listening to me on the show, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> Jay loves talking about those, that those, thresh, those thresholds are something I've been talking about for the past two years. And, yeah, we're definitely getting to that point. <laughs> it's very exciting. I, it's to nice see to that. have confirmation from someone else. Though. <laughs> yeah. So do you. OK, so there's there's all this wonderful momentum and there's uh, and which is maybe surprising to guys like us. Right. It's it pleasantly surprising. Well, we've been working um, so hard for it. For yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I have my daughter, Julia, here in the studio and she's 14 and we talk about climate change and it definitely impacts her. And Jude, you say something if you'd like to pe- jump in here. She's like, no, thanks. So, uh, you know, the the what what I mean, are where are we at with this IPCC uh, you know analysis, this decade that we have in front of us to try to make impacts? I mean, what do you see when we start to we're, we're, we've been talking about primarily residential, primarily, you know, this the, the nation. But when you look yeah. at and the, and the, the math I've done says we need to be rolling out like 10 times more than what we're actually we're about doing 100 right now. change gigawatts, yeah, 108 we, last year uh, globally. We, do, you, do you have any sense of that? I mean, where are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you cautiously one direction or another? <laughs> this is the challenge of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, there, there are a, a few different existential threats we face as a civilization uh, that you know concern me. I, I I think about artificial intelligence and and what that means for our economy and society and mm-hmm. and how we'll navigate through that. You know I, I think about nuclear uh, uh, war, um, and I think about climate change. And uh, you know nobody knows uh, what's going to happen. Um, so. Uh, I'm not. I'm not optimistic or pessimistic. I'm uh, engaged. I guess I'd, nice. I'd put it. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's my responsibility to do as much as I can to uh, to improve uh, climate change and to reverse it ultimately. And uh, one of the things that's been helpful to me is I used to feel the the weight of this issue on me in an oppressive way, in a way wow. that made it hard for me to um, uh, to to function sometimes. And you know, I think I've uh, taken some of the burden off and uh, come to terms that I am one person who is going to do the most that they can and. Uh, and that's the best that I can do. Yeah. And I hear you. You know, I know a lot of people who have been working on on this issue for a long time have have struggled with how big it feels, and you know, some of the the reports that come out. Um, and you know, I've I've found that finding amazing people to work with and uh, doing as much as you can is. Is the approach that works for me? I hear you, and I and I really I really get that. I, I think I, I kind of feel similarly. 
you well, know, I, that's why we're out here. Yeah, <laughs> doing yeah. A radio yeah. show for two years. You know, J- Jason and I have been doing our best to um, understand the kind of the the variables or the the big rocks of the conversation over the last you know 108 shows and. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've kind of come to, we've come up again, uh, uh, into starting to interact with is the discussion of fission's role in combating climate change and new fission technologies. And then also fusion. We had a couple of conversations and we actually just got back from a trip to the ITER project in the south of France and we toured the uh, the, um, the fusion, the, uh, the tokamak, the, the reactor they're building there, and trying to understand how these technologies might interact with, um, with you know, uh, renewables like solar and wind and tidal and all the rest of them you know and then but and i'm not even trying to and we, of course we're trying to fit these puzzles together and say how to, pieces of the puzzle together and how might they play a role over the timeline we have in front of us right but the the, the point that i kind of want to get to is more what the nuclear physicists and all these you mentioned wonderful people that you work with right so the people that we find ourselves interacting with really brilliant people and in this case on this trip we were talking with some of the physicists there and there was this notion that technically we're, we're capable of addressing this issue, but as a society, people, can we, can we really, uh, do we have the capability, psychologically, socio, psychologically, whatever the term is, to be able to act, you know, take action, uh, and actually fix it? And they're they're a little pessimistic about that. If I was reading them correctly, yeah, honestly, right? that's that's what I got. Yeah, they they they're, they don't think we can change our base nature uh, quickly enough. Yeah, to to really make this change that we need to make and that was that was a kind of concerning piece of it but sure I mean, absolutely. You know, but, but, but we're so. also you know trying to understand the the technical but i, but I take that as a call to action like, uh, let's do it yeah <laughs> just yeah. get up off your butt and do it <laughs> that's right and and we've seen our societies uh move very quickly uh at different moments in our history you know people cite the uh, you know, World War II mobilization of the United States as as an example of what we can do when we put our mind to something. Sure. So um, uh, we are seeing lots of countries, uh, lots of cities, uh, lots of communities all around the world rallying around this transition to 100% clean energy. And part of what I love about this this sort of, as Paul Hawken put it, blessed unrest uh uh, this sort of ecosystem response of our civilization where, you know, companies, churches, mosques, uh, towns, cities, states, countries uh, are all beginning to rally around this and do things in their own areas. And, you know, I think that there is a lot more happening than uh, people realize and that the change can happen a lot faster uh, than uh, people think it will. So, absolutely uh, well said, well said, Billy. Thank yeah, you for news. that. So we're about to wrap up the show here. Um, you, could, you know, I, that was actually going, a great going, comment. Going, yeah, going back to that call to action. So, I mean, Billy's job is um, lending for people to do home improvements. So let's take a moment and actually focus on that. Um, how do people leverage your service? So. Um, you reach out to uh, a solar contractor, and okay. uh, chances are they're using our loan product to finance finance loans uh, for you to go solar. So, okay. so it is you know, through your always... local solar installer. Yeah, you would. You I mean, would, I've, you would I've, contact. I've I've used it many times in the past. It's a wonderful uh, tool, very simple, easy to uh, use, right there at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. So, folks, if you're looking for uh, you know funding for your solar system, if you're looking to get solar plus batteries, then you can uh, get 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 in contact with your uh, your local installer and uh, ask for Mosaic, and uh, you can check them out online too. What, what is the website, uh, Billy? Joinmosaic.com. There you go. Well, thanks very much. I can't thank you enough. It's been a real pleasure to hear your story, to read about you and understand all that you contributed to this uh, fight against climate change and then creating this uh, kind of spawning this industry in some respects, right? You've been right yeah. there at the beginnings of all these important kind of nodes and points. So please keep up the good work and then uh, you know keep in touch with us. Let us know how these uh, things continue to evolve for you and the team at Mosaic in the future, please, okay? I will. Thank you all for everything that you're doing and, and for inviting me onto the show. Appreciate right. it. Aloha. Thanks very much. All right, there was Billy, and uh, what a great, great opportunity it was to speak with him. Absolutely, I mean, CEO of a 
giant lender in the renewable energy space. <laughs> also just a, 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 a generally no-nonsense awesome activist yeah, that's trying to change the world. You saw the weight of, he feels the weight of uh, climate change and how yeah. he can make well, a change. I mean, that's, but, he's, but he's actually doing something about he's doing, it. And that's doing a lot. That's yeah. the thing. Super cool. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we mentioned earlier in the show that we're going to cover a little bit about Tesla solar roof technology. Some information came out on Electrek. I always have a rough time saying that. Electrek.co, the website, uh, just, uh, what, about yesterday-ish. And yesterday. um, so uh, a <laughs> couple of articles. Uh, one talks about uh, the actual kind of breakdown of the system and how uh, it, how it works a little bit. Another one actually gives you a, uh, it's a quote, and it, and it shows you uh, a side-by-side. -side. We got a hold of a Tesla uh, roof, solar roof, uh, and power wall quote, uh, and in Electric rather got a hold of that, and then mm -hmm. they listed it on their website. So uh, let's start looking at that. I mean, if if, if you if you're not aware of this, the Tesla uh, solar roof is this really super exciting thing. They're in V3. They announced it two years ago. There's only been a few installs, you know, with executives and cool famous people maybe, and um, employees, so employees, yeah. that kind of stuff. It, it, it's essentially solar shingles, right? I mean, that, that's what they were trying to do. You're is, replace is put your something roof with solar replacing shingles. the roof with something that looks like a traditional shingle roof, yeah. but actually produces power. And big launch a couple of years ago and a lot of brouhaha and just we haven't, and people are like, when can I get a solar power, solar right roof? Right at the time as everybody was just uh, lining up. Yeah, and $1,000 down, go Haven't ahead, yet but. been able to. And then uh, Musk basically tweeted uh, some information over the on the 13th talking about some of these things and about how it's uh, he's in V3 and they're just working on making that longevity really really confident right. longevity and, and and I and I honestly think that's exactly what my point was early on is that it, it's just the, all of these little interconnect between every single shingle is just a massive amount of points of failure so anywhere there it could could really just choke up the sure. system. Absolutely. Well, let's take so, a look at this quote a little bit. And so uh, it's pretty cool. This is a house. Uh, looks like a you know pretty standard size house. One mm -hmm. thing to take note of right away: there's a design, and uh, the the actual uh, solar uh, roof. Uh, tiles with solar power in them, solar cells, is not 100% of the roof. So there's certain sections that are kind of segregated. Sure, I mean, like every roof, you, you know, as an installer, there are places where you would want to put solar panels and not want to put right. solar panels because it's not going to get any power from So them. in a sense, <laughs> there are dummy panels or regular roof shingles. They, but they look identical, and, and that's the neat thing. And so then you have a portion of your roof covered in these, uh, so, these solar-capable roof shingles. Mm -hmm. And what we did notice is that, okay, this particular one, um, it was about, it was 1,800 square feet? 1,862 two square feet it looks like approximately 80 percent of the roof is actually covered in panels um, right. we tried to figure out uh, exactly how efficient these things are so figuring it out if you have a 9.45 kilowatt system which is exactly what this is uh, with standard panels that's um, about 504 square feet or about worth. 31 panels 32 30, panels 31.5 panels um, if we take 80 percent of their roof space that's actually 1489 feet so square feet like three times more efficient with traditional panels. But, so, so the math looks, right? And yeah. um, so, But the point is these things are spread out in a different way than a panel. Right. And um, it, they also showed some numbers. So we only got a couple of minutes here. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was really uh, interesting to see the numbers. So, you know, there's these two side-by-sides. You'll just have to check it out if you get a chance, folks. But you have these two side-by-side -side images, one with, it looks like solar, it's like, it looks like uh, they may be selling the roof in this mechanism, right? You've got mm -hmm. a traditional roof, a new roof, plus solar panels, uh, plus power wall, and plus installation cost. And in this case, it's about $87,000 for the traditional one. Uh, and uh, and then you're able to uh, l remove the tax credits and the cost of energy to get a net cost of 10 grand. On the roof side, it's about $85,000 total. Uh, of course, no solar panel costs, it's just that. And then uh, let, uh, removing the um, cost of energy, you get a $4,000 net cost. That's what they're showing here. Uh, and that's pretty interesting to see the math for the first time, at least for us, and uh, and get a sense that maybe this is moving forward. That it looks like the Tesla roof is about twice as expensive as your traditional roof. Roof, but you, if, if the cost of energy and you get to take tax credits off your actual re-roofing, I mean twice as expensive net cost. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So we get to get check check that out. At Electric, uh, the Tesla solar roof. Getting some new information there. And hey, folks, this has been the Solar Coaster. We're sponsored by Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and LG Chem. Great show with Billy Parrish of Mosaic today. Thanks to everyone out there. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Aloha, Friday, folks. <laughs>